I'm ready with y'all, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Francis Carlotta with Connor Byrne and Grant Heckinger on episode 25 of The Up and Under. And we have got probably my favorite episode that we do in a season or series of episodes, whatever you want to call it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to give our all-NBA teams. And as y'all may recall, when we did our 2020 all-NBA teams, there were some tough calls and hot takes. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of those today. And speaking of hot takes, Grant's got one he's eager to share with us, so we'll react to that and share some of our hot takes that are not associated with the All-NBA teams later on in the show. Now, usually, I take time for my favorite part of an episode and ask Grant and Connor how they're doing. But today, I don't give a fuck. I don't care how you're doing. I'm sure y'all are doing great. Wait, Let's get wait, into All-NBA. I, I I'm agree. So just when Francis was going, you know, we have hot takes, which did you think he was going to be like speaking of Grant, we're just gonna leave it there. We're gonna like we're just gonna say like Grant's pretty good looking. <laughs> or did you think he was gonna say Grant has a hot take for you? Like we, <laughs> I thought he was about to be give you a compliment. <laughs> I'm always hoping for. I'm always hoping a compliment's just around the corner. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> that's all in my mind. Yeah. I definitely don't. No, none of us need to boost Grant's ego any more than it already is at. So <laughs> that's not what that's not what we're here for. But kind of along the same line grant i'll actually hand this over to you now to explain to all the listeners how we're going to going to do our all nba team because it's a bit it's a bit different we're not just going to give our own team so could you explain a little bit how we're going to go about it today yeah so listen up i'm only going to say this once maybe maybe two or three times time. if you're if you're really confused you can ask me to repeat but um <laughs> but this is the same Connor the attention. same format we did last year um, we're we're going to do it as a kind of draft uh, in reverse order, starting with a third team um, where one person's going to go first. They're going to pick somebody on the third team, and then another person will go, and then another person will go, and then back to the first person. Um, and we'll just go down the down the teams like that. Um, so there will be some controversy of guys being picked before other guys wanted them to be picked. You know, Some guy might be third team that someone else had second team or something like that. Uh, but it's the most fun way and the most kind of uh, – collaborative way to do this so I, I think it's i think it's a good way to do it um so yeah i'm ready to go how are we gonna decide who's gonna go first do we want to do i was just about to ask that uh, connor i'll let you decide how, how do you how do you how do you want to decide how to go first? i'll go first so that one of you two could name the center for third team okay 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 i like that okay i appreciate i appreciate the the yeah. bullshittery of this whole okay. situation because this will be fun all right connor okay, go well, ahead. i also want to say that uh this is exciting. I think this is our first episode where we're doing a second episode of something. It's like, like this is our yeah, second. This our, this our, I, sec, oh, yeah. our first second annual. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. very exciting. Um, all right, but anyway. Also, yeah. sorry, cut you, I'll cut you off one more time. I'm I'm currently drinking a decent amount of beers because I lost the bets. We'll do bets at the end as always. So, the listeners, if you hear slurping or burping slurping. that's what that sounds like that's what people, that's what people listen to our podcasts for the slurping 
That's <laughs> it's just an ASMR. Any, anybody yeah. out there? <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm start editing just a, a, a thing of just Francis's ASMR slurping <laughs> noises, and, and then put, releasing put, those separately. Yeah. Right. Put that. Make that its own episode. Yeah. That'll probably be the most listened episode yeah. of any. It might. It might be. It, right, might go, it might go in the erotic category of, of podcast, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all okay. right. So. Third team guard. Uh, the I th- for me there are four very clear. I'm not gonna say who they are yet, but there are very four. There are four very clear first and second team guards, and then third team is a crapshoot. Um, but I'm just gonna put someone. So I'm gonna say someone that I think deserves it, and but in part because that his team has been so good this year. I'm gonna say Devin Booker is third team guard. Okay, I, that's he can he was a guy I considered, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I I put in all my stats here. I've got, I've got like what like fourteen guards I considered. Um, yeah. And he was one of he was probably like the third name off of that that I crossed off. So that's that's higher than I had. Him. I'll say my points for him then is that okay. He's yeah, yeah Go please for do because I my Go for I would it. like my to points for him is that he's on a team that's either gonna finish with the best or second best record in the NBA. Right, for, mm-hmm. with the Suns, right, um, the harder conference in the Western Conference. He's mm-hmm. been the second best player on that team, and he's played almost every game, which very few people have done this year in the NBA. So I'm giving him credit for right, that right. as well. Longevity. Yeah. Well, also just being a guy that not longevity. That's well, not also being word. a guy like in the no, final two minutes of a game, I think can you know can uh, can get a good shot for you. So sure, I will. I will ask you this question, Connor. Actually, no. Say, who who's going to go second? Grant, you want to go second or should I? Uh, I'll go second. Okay. All right. Then I'll, I do have a question for you, Connor, but I'll let Grant give his before I ask the question to you. Okay. Connor. Um, then I'll go. I'll pick the center just for fun. Um, this is. No, no, no. no, no. We have guard, to guard, guard, forward, forward. Oh, we have no, to go no, guard. We have to go guard, guard. I didn't know we were going that order. You have to go guard. But by going guard. second, you're going to be the center pick as well. Okay, well, yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kyrie here. Okay, okay. So before before we talk about Kyrie Grant, because I the reason why I wanted to hear your choice for guard is because I wanted to ask you, Connor, did you have Chris Paul as a third team? Do do you have him on an All NBA? Yeah, he's just high. He's a, yeah, he's just not a third team. He's he's an All NBA, but not third. You team. don't think? Okay. Okay, interesting. Because I I have Chris Paul as my third as a third team guard, um, and so you have him higher than so you have him higher than yeah. Booker. I didn't have Booker on either of my teams as the Grant. So okay, all right. I just wanted a good clarification on that. But I'm I'm more with Grant with the no Booker thing. But I see the case. And all right, Grant Kyrie Irving, go ahead. Um, well, it's, to touch on Devin Booker, like the reason I didn't have him, I did like a whole, my methodology here was like writing everyone's stats down, including like a, a whole bunch of advanced stats. And I took the average of players rankings in advanced stats. Um, and among guards, like Devin Booker's average ranking was 76.6, which was the lowest by like nine rankings, nine points yeah. um, of, of any of the guards I looked at. Um, so, I mean, he, I mean, he had a great season and he's definitely found like a perfect backward mate in Chris Paul and like they're obviously really good and he's a big part of that and he's like more of the volume guy while Chris Paul just kind of runs the team 
Um, so he's really important to them. And like, uh, this is not to insult him at all, but he was one of the first guys that I crossed off. So that's definitely not where I would have had him. I had, um, alongside Kyrie, I had James Harden, which was a hard pick for me. I didn't really want to give it to him. Oh, didn't really want to give Whoa. it to him. And like, he played the least amount okay. of games of any, any player, regardless of position that I evaluated. Um, but he was just so good in those games that he did play. And the other guys weren't. Were very good, but weren't you know blowing me away compared to the numbers that James Harden put up. Yeah. So I, I've had, I had James Harden third team, James, alongside Kyrie. James Harden for me was would have been second MVP voting this year if he didn't get hurt. But be, between the injury and also that he started off with the Rockets, I've, I mean I think he only played what thirty three games this year for the Nets, and I just I don't count his Rockets games as anything all to you all NBA. Yeah. So that would be less than half of the season. So I could I couldn't put him on anything for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, that was that was the hardest decision I had to make was that second guard spot spot on the third team, and it was I was very close to putting I was very close to putting Mike Conley on there um, because his numbers are ridiculous, his advanced numbers are ridiculous. Um, I was really close. They're insane. I was really close to putting Drew Holiday. Um, I mean, I also yeah. want to shout out. I know I, I talk about him a lot, but I, I want to shout out Zach Levine a little bit because his numbers are ridiculous this year. Um, so mm-hmm. I considered him. Consider Bradley Beal heavily consider Donovan Mitchell, um, but James Harden was the one that just, uh, like, his numbers was so much better than those guys who are also had incredible numbers that even with the games he played and even with the Rockets' whole you know, turbulence and turmoil that he had there, um, I just felt like I couldn't leave him off the third team. It's it's pretty crazy. The Wizards have a point guard who's averaging 22-11-11, and they're also going to have a guy who is either going to be first or second in the NBA in scoring. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Francis, did you have either of them on your third team? Okay, so okay. no, I did yeah. not. And I, I I was actually wanted to see if y'all had Connor as the homer. I thought maybe you had yeah. Russell as a as a third team guard. Well, that, but the, honestly the part that made it so that neither of them were going to be third team for me is that I couldn't be like well, which one would I choose? And I I think I would rather have yeah. Bradley Beal than Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook has been so incredible over the past couple of months that And you can't also deny well, may- maybe you can. You're the Wizards fan, so I'll trust your opinion on on, the, on why the Wizards are winning basketball games, in my opinion. But also, at the same time, it's hard to deny Russell Westbrook's impact on the Wizards over the past 15 games. He's been legitimately amazing. And Daniel He's Gafford. Put, his numbers are... And Daniel, Daniel Gafford as well. He's also been playing very well. Yeah, Daniel Gafford's been playing great off the bench. But Westbrook's been balling. He, he post, Once he actually got healthy, he was able to actually prove how good he still can be. I mean, as a total aside, I did a Twitter poll where who would you rather have right now to lead you for the rest of the season, even going to the playoffs, Russell Westbrook or John Morant. And obviously a lot of my followers on Twitter are Memphis Grizzlies fans. So John Morant won that poll by a landslide. But there were a few dissenters who voted for Russell. And while I was... At the time of this poll, this was like early January when I put this out, I was more on the John Moran side, but as time has gone by, Russell's been playing like not not in peak Russell Westbrook, but damn good Russell Westbrook. Honestly, emulating the form that he had to end the 2020 season before COVID hit, before the bubble. Kind of giving reason as to why people had Russell Westbrook as a third-team guard. I had him as a third-team guard last year. I'm sure y'all remember that because that was a big deal when we talked about mm-hmm. it then. But he's been playing so well, and his impact on the Wizards in terms of winning has been very high. So I was like, maybe Connor has him. 
as a third team guard, but also I, I don't think it'll happen. But yeah, I definitely thought about it. Grant, I'm sure, I mean, how far was he off your list? I, I didn't consider him. I mean, he was so bad at the beginning of the season um, that I, mean, I yeah. think that matters too. I also like, right. I think it just gives us some perspective. Like we gave Russell Westbrook an MVP. I mean, not us specifically, but the voters gave Russell Westbrook an MVP because he averaged a triple-double. And now he's done it three right. more times, and we're like, oh, this, this right. doesn't even matter. Like, that's the entire reason he exactly. won an MVP was because he averaged a triple-double. Yeah. Um, so that's really funny. Uh, but no, I, I didn't really consider him very heavily. Um, but to talk about Kyrie briefly, Kyrie's just been, like, everything the Nets could need from him. Like, he's been the number one option when he needs to be. He's been – he's taken – more of an off-ball role when he needs to. And he's putting up, like, I, I sent you all his stats last night compared to last year. Like, last year was a very small sample size. But he's putting up, like, the exact same stats. Like, literally just freaky similar stats to what he put up last year um, in a much more prominent role most of the time. Like, this year he's mostly played next to either James Harden or, or KD. Um, and last year it was just him and, and then the, the Nets kind of supporting cast. Um, so, I mean, the fact that he's – no one thought – I mean, I, I definitely didn't think he was going to come in on this team and average 27 points a game. Um, and what's he averaging? Um, six assists. 27.4. Yeah, 27.4, six assists, five rebounds. Um, I, and just really good advanced stats too. Like in, like some of the highest advanced stats like um, right. of anyone I evaluated. So um, he's been like perfect exactly what the Nets would need from him, and which has been really impressive. Yeah. I, he also gets, I think, some credit as a uh, as being the representative for the for a top for a top team. Since I mean, even though Kyrie's really what Kyrie's the third the third op like the third piece on that team, it's, it's yeah. more James Harden and Durant. But yeah. uh, those guys miss time, and so Kyrie, you get the credit, <laughs> even though you've also yeah. kind of missed some time. Initially, I had Kyrie Irving as my third team guard, and then I'm talking about this morning. I had bar prep starting at 9 o'clock, woke up early, watched my dog who really smelled bad. And then I looked at my All-NBA stuff a little bit more. And I actually replaced Kyrie with Chris Paul as my third-team guard. So, so had, Connor, I know you have Chris Paul higher, but I had, had Chris, Chris Paul, Paul as a 3rd You had Chris Paul guard. off of your teams before before that? Or are you saying you had him? I did. I did. Ha- I had him as my last man out. That's, wow. Because, That's just ludicrous. Well, yeah. that, well <laughs> the reason why I put him on is because of Chris Paul's impact on winning is just so freaking high. Yeah. So I just couldn't not include him. But in terms of guard, the guard position, it's a tough thing. It's a tough position to quantify because there's so many guards, especially with a guard forward distinction. So there are so many guards. So that's it's not a slight to Chris Paul why I had him as my as my last dish third team guard. There's just so many people who can be considered as a guard. That's why it made it hard for me to put him on. But I, I did put him on. So, yeah, his impact winning is so high. I'm sure one of you will put him, or maybe I'll mention him later on. But So I got the 13 forward, the first 13 mm-hmm. forward. And this actually dovetails, dovetails pretty well to what I was just saying about the guard forward distinction because this is a difficult decision because I'm, I'm worried if I don't choose a certain person – that he will be left off an all-NBA team. And I really don't want to see that from from us because... So you're going to play a favorite or you're about to make a good pick? Which one? I That's that's the thing. I'm, I'm a bit... I'm a bit... Okay, I'll make... I'll actually... I'll... 
do the the fun thing to do and play the favorite that y'all can talk shit about. Well, maybe you might know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what you say. Zion Williamson is my third team forward. Oh, I had him. Zion I had is higher than that. Okay, um, okay, okay. He's just been. I mean, he's been incredible. Wow, I mean, okay, Zion has been. Pick. Okay, yeah. Keep going. I gotta think now before I pick again. Yeah, Zion. Zion's been awesome, and that's actually. I'm glad to hear you, Connor, that you have him higher because it makes me feel better about myself because I was just worried that y'all wouldn't have one on third team. So I'm glad he's I'm glad he's on your team. He's for counting stats purposes, twenty seven points per game, three point seven assists, seven point two rebounds. He's shooting twenty nine point four percent on threes, but it's an incredibly small sample size, so basically disregard that. What y'all should pay attention to is his true shooting percentage of sixty four point nine percent. That's really damn good. He's 62.2% from... He's shooting 62.2% from all of his two-point shots. His PER is a 27.2 with an 8.8 win shares, 0.208 win shares per 48. And for context, the league average of win shares per 48 is a 0.1. So Zion doubles the league average. He's just been amazing. We all know we all know how good he was as a rookie, and you can make the argument that if Zion played his entire rookie year, that he would have been rookie of the year over John Morant. As a Memphis homer, I still think that would be the case because Zion's numbers near the end of the year were just so damn good. But obviously he was hurt, blah blah blah. But now we're seeing an evolution in Zion's game that second second year, he's an All NBA guy, and it's it's pretty amazing to see. So he he definitely deserves an All NBA spot, maybe. Hearing you, Connor, say that you have him higher, maybe that's a bit low, but I just wanted to make sure he got on a ballot because, uh, at least for us, our our All-NBA ballot, because I was worried that he wouldn't. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on Zion here? I had him as a second uh, team second team forward. Uh, one, because just how dominant he is and just he's just unstoppable when he's, when he's driving to the basket. But then also, up until this injury that just occurred to him, um, has been really reliable which i don't think anyone expected from zion this year is to be so no what's the opposite of and it was a played? it was a hand injury not like a, a yeah, leg finger. injury that connor yeah, i right? know you've expressed legitimate yeah finger injury that i know connor you expressed concern with like how how can he sustain all of what yeah, he is at that weight his injury issues yeah at that weight yeah so i know those are concerns for you. um but no i i think he's been incredible this year so if he, I'm a, at least he's on a team, and I'm fine with that because also, like he's not going to go down from third team anytime soon. So he's going to be third team or higher in the next five years. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah. scary to think about. But Grant, what are your thoughts on Zion? Yeah, so I, I actually did not have Zion on my teams. Um, I had him. As, oh, what? As the first, or, first or second, either him or Julius Randle would have been first off my teams. Um, so one of Damn. one of them would have been on. A team in, in a in a fair world in a normal world um one of them sh- probably should have been on the third team um but zion was just off of it just because of i mean his again i talked about my methodology um he his average rank of all his advanced advanced stats was 13.8 which was third among forwards here um so incredible okay um, it, <laughs> yeah I, I just i had him because of, right. of the pelicans being bad that's that's honestly the only reason i had i had him is that, that it yeah okay and it's it, it's not entirely his fault okay I mean, it's not at all entirely his fault it's obviously no not at all like, <laughs> I, said, right. like I said they're probably stealth tanking here um but it, it was a hard decision it was it was close um and 
I could have absolutely swapped out one of my third team forwards with Zion Williamson and not had lost any sleep over it. Um, but I did not. Well, so since you're doing, you've got center now. So tell tell us the listeners and Connor. No, no, no. I have. I have. Who did you I have, have as a your... second forward and then Grant has centered? We have We only done one forward. That's what I'm saying. Since Grant does not have one of the forwards. Oh, the okay, okay. Then I want to know who you had as a third team. Uh, I, I feel like I don't want to say it. I don't. I don't want to ruin it because they're probably well. Do one of okay. Well, if you don't they, want to they, say, it, they both might. They're both. There's a good chance both of them might be higher, either, or either one of them okay. might be higher. Then, sure, just save yeah. it. I'm buzzed, so don't listen to my. I'm just curious, so yeah. you know, keep Connor, second, third team forward. Go ahead. Sir. My second forward, because now one of my forwards has to get bumped up, is Paul George. Paul George. Yeah, that was that was okay. that was one of mine. One good. of my third team forwards. Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm very happy to hear yeah. that, Connor. I, I I definitely have things to say, but I'll I'll let you elaborate on your pick. Um, I mean, just one. The Clippers have been a great team this year. Him and Kawhi is the, are the obviously the leading catalyst of that. Um, I have Kawhi coming up as you know a, a, a later as a higher as a higher uh, All NBA player. So <laughs> Paul George is the third team. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's probably like he just that's just where he is. I I have people there are people actually that I, I was considering to put here just because of missed time and stuff like that um but paul george has also missed you know 10 15 games this year every pretty much all my 13 forwards are have missed significant time or like maybe not significant significant but enough to be like if this was a normal year and everyone played all the games they might be left off so i don't know i just he just sees 13 for me i've expected him to be higher like coming into it i guess he probably would have been higher um, like I said, barring some unusual uh, positional qualifications here from some other players, um, he probably would have been up up a team. Um, unusual, but I mean, he was super as super important in this the last like month and a half the Clippers have had, where they've won like fifteen of twenty games or whatever. This been on this really great stretch, and Kawhi's been out for a lot of it. Um, Paul George has been incredible in that stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, has not been as good statistically as Kawhi has been. Um, and I think third team is the, is the right spot for him, considering everything. Yeah, I agree. Did y'all consider Julius Randle at all like for these third team spots? Oh, he's, for he's sure. He's on my yeah. second team. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. Second. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Right. yeah, I definitely consider I, ha- I, I think the difference of what's about to happen is I – we're going to talk about it, but – What's, there's, gonna be, there's a big difference coming uh, between what I did I'll, and what you I'll, two did. I'll just go. I'll just go ahead and say who my other third team board is because I feel like this might be the answer. Is I, I had LeBron third team, um, even though Ooh. even with all the games he's missed, um, I I okay. barely put him ahead of Zion and Julius Randle, but ended up going with LeBron third team. Yeah, I have I have LeBron. We'll talk about it. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm 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 gonna stay very quiet yeah. after hearing what you said, Grant. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So Connor, or sorry, I'm who just went. It's I went. So it's Grant now. It's my Grant's turn. Here. Okay, yeah. Grant. All right. So here we go. Third team set. Yeah, this is not somebody that no one, um, definitely not us, would have expected to be announcing as an All NBA player um, coming into the season, but has had just a really excellent year yeah, for a kind God, of su- surprising. I'm so, I'm so excited. Surprising I'm scrappy so excited. team. I was very happy to be able to fit him onto these teams again because of those weird weird positional qualifications. Um, I'm going with Clint Capella here, my third yes. team center. <laughs> yes. Um, his advanced stats are incredible. Yes. He has been basically just a slightly poor man's version of Rudy Gobert. 
um, this year. Yes, um, he has. And he's a huge reason that the the Hawks are what place are they in at this point? Are they in fifth or fourth place? They're they're in fifth fifth place right now. Thirty seven, thirty one, in fifth place. Okay. Um, with Trey Young not having an exceptionally good year, having kind of a down year compared to last year. Um, Bogdanovich right. Bogdanovich has had a good year, but like Clint Capella has been the steadying force. I mean, DeAndre Hunter was out for a lot of time. They've had a lot of injuries, and yet they're still surprisingly fifth in the Eastern Conference right now. And Clint Capella is a massive part of that. He is absolutely he's turned them into like an average NBA team single handedly, or average defensive NBA team single handedly, um, and has been a really good force as a role man as well, which has always been a strength of his. Obviously, going back to the Rockets, but was super excited to be able to fit him onto this team. Yeah, I. I could not agree more. I, I that he was my third team center, and knowing that he's yours, we probably did a similar concept for our second team forwards and centers, considering where certain guys are and their their designations between centers and forwards. So I think I, I think I see where you're going with that. But I'm very happy that you have Clint Capella. Clint Capella. I had Clint Capella. He has been amazing. For the Atlanta Hawks, and I remember—I'm well, sure we all remember—when Clint Capella was with the Rockets, and he was basically the perfect pick and roll partner with James Harden. Clint Capella and James Harden were wrecking havoc in the NBA with their pick and roll. And when he came, to, when he was traded to the Hawks, it was a kind of a question. It was a weird trade that didn't make uh, didn't make like tons of sense. Yeah. But seeing him on this Hawks team. It's been great. He's really found a good, a very good spot for him to kind of revitalize his career a little bit, and he's going to have a chance to make another impact in postseason basketball in the East with a Hawks team that, and we're, we're going to do an episode on predictions we made before, but a Hawks team that I was very high on, and y'all were like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't think they can be sixth in the East, whatever. Fuck you, Francis. <laughs> well, they're fifth, so <laughs> they're, they're a good basketball team. But yeah, he's been very, he's been very good this year. I'm really happy to see him on your team. He was on mine. Connor, what do you think about Clint Capella being right. on our team? So a couple of thoughts on Clint Capella, and I'm gonna have a question for you. Um, but the couple of thoughts are, I <laughs> I don't mind having Clint Capella on my on the teams because he has been so good this year. Um, I didn't have him just because I had a difference in how I defined my positions. Um, sure, as we're gonna right. talk about, but uh, right. I'm happy to see that if this is this if this is how you guys define jurors, I'm happy to see Clint Capella did make the team or did make one of the teams. Um, a couple of things I was gonna say though were oh right when Clint Capella was at the you know the height of the Rockets uh, days with James Harden like you were just touching on Francis. Remember a lot, of, a lot of the articles and stuff were talking about him and his footwork in his small movements around the rim, not with post moves, but more with positioning and going up for lobs or kind of like scooting over a few inches to get like an entry pass. And it almost reminded, reminds me of the way they talk about Tom Brady in the pocket sort of thing. Where mm, he does these little, I like that. He does these little very like, kind of small things that make a big difference. Right. People aren't going to talk about, right, right. oh, look how Clint Capella moved a little bit to get a better angle to get sure. the ball or something. Um, right, sure. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the only thing I was going to say with the Clint Capella thing is just how awful now in hindsight uh, the Rockets trades continue to look. Yeah. And, oh, my and God. We actually, I think all three of us were like, this look, this was a good trade by the Rockets. It opened up Russell Westbrook. But now that it's over, it became the Hawks got rid of Clint Capella, a possible third-team All-NBA player, and a first-round pick. What? 
You said the Hawks. The oh, Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets, got yeah, the Rockets Capella, got rid of Coca yes. uh, Capella and a first round pick for uh, twenty two games of Robert Covington, who then right. let it go. Yeah. Which is just yep. an awful trade now in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. And then you consider that they gave up Russell That's Westbrook. That's a very good point. Then you consider what Russell Westbrook was traded for the Chris Paul and multiple picks, and they got rid of Westbrook for, you know, pretty much not really anything. Uh, unless yeah. John Walker. Right. <laughs> yeah, just, that, that tree, that trade tree really looks worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my question was, coming back to it, my question was for you, Grit, was where, how close was Bam to taking the third center spot? Um, I, it came down to them too. Um, it did for me as well, but uh, you know, like, uh, so for the average rankings of advanced statistics, Clint Capello's average ranking was 27.6 and Bam's was 28. So extremely close there. Um, but I was, I was kind of hoping, like, I, I love Bam, but I was kind of just hoping rooting for Clint Capello to get this spot looking into it. Um, and, and was kind of glad when, you know, Clint Capello's on off numbers he's 10 is 10.7 plus 10.7 on off and bam's only plus 1.6 um the hawks are have been you know better than the heat just a little bit better um so it was it was tight came down to them too it was tight um but it was clint capella in the end so yeah it was it was between bam and clint capella's as well for me and grand why while i love your deep analytical dive especially with averaging all these all the rankings it was just more just a simple I just think Clint's had a better season. Like I, I just think he's had a better year for me. And and I mean, don't he, it's it's awesome to see him get a thirteen All NBA yeah. at least from us. I think I think Bam is gonna get tons of All NBA stuff. He's gonna be Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's gonna have a, like an excellent career. And he's a guy who right. who does more offensively. Like he's got the ball more than Clint Capella. Um, they run the offense through him. So um, he's got he's more versatile. He's he's you know he's a better. Um, switching defender. Um, so there's a lot of things that he brings that Clint Capella does, doesn't, but Clint Capella, like you said, does like those little things along with just being an excellent role man, an excellent rim protector, and a pretty good perimeter defender. He just does what he does. He just does so well um, at this point in his career that, I mean, it's it's kind of evaluating him the same way that you evaluate Rudy Gobert. So. I'm just looking at Clint Capella's game logs or for this entire season. He's had one two, three, four, four games over 20 rebounds. I mean, that's just, come on. He's He's been an absolute machine. I, I get, I get of, what you're saying, but now now you're going down an avenue where and, Andre Drummond should be third-team All-NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hitting that Clint Capel's had a, just an absolute phenomenal year, and his impact on the Atlanta Hawks as a whole has been extremely high. So... I, I'm fine with him being on our third team All NBA right. ballot. Let's move on to second team. You got you got first guard, Francis. So I I have the first guard. I'm gonna do a interesting pick based off of knowledge I heard from you all earlier. My second team guard is James Harden. Oh, that's awful. And, that's really awful. And and I I have. I have another second team guard, obviously. Oh, I'm sure you'll you'll that's bring. That's just you'll so awful. Person up. But I'm gonna I'm going to uh, vouch for James Harden because while obviously his time with the Houston Rockets, we can just put a huge monumental X through that. No one really cares. No, like, who cares about that? But then let's look. Let's zoom in onto his time with the Brooklyn Nets, and he has been 
an insanely impactful player for the Brooklyn Nets. Granted, Kevin Durant injuries as well. Kyrie Irving, there were games where he just wouldn't play for personal reasons. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all that with Kyrie. He does his own thing. He's obviously entitled to that. But there are a lot of times where it's basically just James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie or KD. And they were still winning games. And then you looked at James Harden has been hurt with a hamstring injury for the past over a week and a half at this point. And the Nets have a losing record without James Harden. Before, looking at the Nets now after his hamstring injury. James Harden was legitimate as Grant would not want to admit this. He was an MVP candidate. I'm not going to say he was going to win the MVP. He was an MVP candidate when he was playing at his absolute best for the period of time that he was healthy because that's how good he is at the game of basketball. I feel, I understand the gripes that you all have about not having him on your team, but for me, it's difficult to not have him on an all-NBA team when it's very, 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 very clear and evident that he deserves a spot on an all-NBA team with his just insane basketball talents. He's averaging 25.4 points a game, 11 assists per game, 8.4 rebounds a game, with a 24.9 PER, 5.7 win shares, and a .215 win shares per 48. Again, the league average is a .1. He doubles that and more for the win shares per 48. So his impact on the Nets winning basketball games is still very high. So I understand the gripes, and I'm sure you're going to give me all the shit you want to give me, <laughs> but he's he's on my second team All-NBA ballot. I just want to say, if you have James Harden as second team All-NBA this year, that means that you have to retroactively say that John Morant was not rookie of the year, and in fact it was Zion Williamson. Because that's the same exact thing. You're talking about a guy who's going to play less than half the games, and, he's going to, and then you're going to give a nod over other people. So that so uh, now you have to say Zion was rookie. Say it. Zion was rookie of the year last year. I'm not. I'm not going to say well, that. Well, then say James Harden wasn't second like, He only played like 20 games, so I'm not going to say that. But it's just James Harden legitimately deserves an All NBA spot. He's th- you can make 33 games that was 72 game season. You can make a legitimate argument that John Morant would have won Rookie of the Year, even though that Zion Williamson would have played the whole season. You can no, make the argument. But for this no, you could not have. But for this case, <laughs> you could not well, have. For this case, for this case, you cannot argue that James Harden is not deserving of an All-NBA spot. In my, in my, again, right, in my great, opinion. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, my, my issue with this is not that I disagree that James Harden doesn't deserve or, or deserves an All-NBA spot, because he does, um, or at least I, I put him on my third team. My problem is that you've now put Connor in the position of kicking one of four very deserving guards off of the All-NBA teams entirely. Yeah. So. That is also true, and I thought about that before making my decision. Which makes it even and worse. I just, yeah. I just like putting Connor in difficult spots, and so it's just, it's just fun for me at that point. I mean, I, I think what might end up happening now is that actually it's not going to be a guard who's going to be gone. I think a forward's going to be knocked off is Ooh. what I'm going to get. I think a forward is now going to be knocked off instead of a guard. I guess, um, I guess I, so that my, makes sense. Oh, but yeah. that hurts. <laughs> All right, but... Someone had to start the uh, so I'm just gonna, I'll do it. I'll say uh, CP3 as the other second team guard. Because I, mean, I already talked about CP3 being my second team guard, so I don't I don't think there's much of a surprise here. Yeah, I also, I also had Chris Paul's second team guard. 
Um, okay, well then if I if I have to kick someone off, I guess I guess that is the only way to do that. Um, then I'm gonna go. Well, which who who should I pick here? Y'all are gonna pick this guy, the other guy. So I gotta go. I'll, I'll go Luca as my forward here, even though I don't. I kind of agree team. with you that. Yeah. I was just gonna say put him. You could make him a second team forward if you wanted. That's what I'm doing. I'm making him he second is. team forward. Oh, sorry, a first team forward. Oh, uh, look what you've no. done, Francis. Luca on second but team no, is criminal, think, and this is all your but fault. But I think, but Luca at second team forward, that means you're leaving off Dame. No, I'm not leaving uh, off Dame. Well, you don't. I'm not leaving off okay. Dame. Okay, unless I'm, you, unless I'm kicking off. I'm kicking off okay. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was my second other second team forward. That's who I'm kicking off. Luca gotcha. Luca was a okay, Luca okay. was a second team guard for me. Um, what what? Okay, I Francis, this would have been okay if if you did the same format if i did for centers but since you guys did it this makes it impossible <laughs> if you actually did the way i did we'd be like okay it's kind of fine but now it's not well i'm really enjoying myself so i'm glad yeah. y'all are <laughs> i'm glad y'all are as well uh luke i had luke as the second team forward and it's probably because of how i had guards and forwards in my first team oh it is because of how i had guards and forwards in my first team but i i do agree with you Connor that having Luke as a he should be a first team player um, but I uh, it's just with the way the formatting goes guards and forwards and we can have a whole different discussion about that it's just it just made it hard for me to put him in first team over the five guys I have in my first team but let me let me make the case for Jimmy Butler here I'm not going to make the case for Luca because that case will be made when we talk about the first team guards um but let me make the case for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was fifth in PER, third in win shares per 48, fifth in box plus minus, and seventh in Raptor in the NBA, in the entire NBA. And yeah, he's, yeah, and he, he's, and he's not going to not going to be on any of our NBA teams. So yeah, that's all I, I, have ha- I had him. I, I had him as a borderline third team, third team forward, borderline second third team. Like he was going to be on a team, but I had him as my as a third team. Yeah. He deserves it. He's been incredible. It's, it's He's been so damn good. Unfair to Jimmy. It's also unfair to Julius Randle, who's now not on a team, despite leading a really pretty awful Knicks roster to be a four seed <laughs> by yeah. himself. Uh, I even mean, though, like the base metrics on him aren't great, he's still averaging what twenty-seven, seven and seven, and leading a team that should not that should have been bottom five in the league to being a four yeah. seed. I mean, if you play all your best players thirty-eight minutes a game, they're going to be better than they should be. So. Yeah, but uh, that just seems wrong. Anyway, so uh, so I guess, Francis, you get the second, which oh, this is the most annoying part, too, is that you get the second forward pick, so you really get to decide where things are going now. All right, go ahead. So for my second team forward, I'll go Kawhi. Okay. That's what that's right. I had. That's what that's that's I said. That's how I had it. Yeah, I'll go Kawhi. I'll calm. I'll I'll calm myself down a little bit. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is my second team forward. Twenty five points per game, six point six rebounds a game, shooting a, a pretty a good thirty nine point six percentage from three this year, with a true shooting percentage of sixty two point three, box box plus minus was six point six, win shares was eight point four, then win shares per forty eight of, of Point two three nine again as I've said before, the average is point one so very good win shares per forty eight. Kawhi's been great. Kawhi, Kawhi is a quiet, sneaky, 
MVP ballot candidate. He's not an MVP candidate, but he's good. He's a sneaky ballot person for the people who are way smarter than us in, in the NBA to actually put his name on a ballot. I, I think he. I, I think he's deserving of of at least like a top five MVP vote. He's been very, very, very good this year. Quietly, as Kawhi does things quietly, showing the NBA, showing NBA fans of how good he really, really is after last year's, as we all know, debacle against the Denver Nuggets. But yeah, Kawhi's been great. He's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Second team forward, at least for Kawhi Leonard this year. You, you know who this? You know who this means is also not an all NBA. Oh wait, who is our third team again? Oh yeah, LeBron's not gonna be on it. LeBron's not gonna be on an all NBA. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I, I didn't have LeBron as first. Apparently, team. I had him as France, a, Francis apparently had him first team, which I I don't understand. But maybe he, that's God. We gotta make sure he doesn't get that pick. <laughs> uh, so you you got center. Right. So center is so then based on this, I'm not leaving Rudy Gobert off of any teams. So right. second team center is Rudy Gobert, who I okay. in my in my system Rudy Gobert was third team was third team center okay. but he's second based on this how this is played yeah. out okay yeah I had item second and we'll t- we'll talk about the positional thing um in on the first team here yeah uh, but yeah that's that's where there, I had him uh there's a case you could make that Gobert could have been first team I think even this year as being the best player on probably the best team in the NBA this year if you moved yeah Jokic down, I think, to as a there's a case. I think there's a case for it. I'm not saying it's there's the right case. or wrong, but there's a case for it. Sure, I, I do agree with you. There is a case for it, but I, 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 like you also just said, I just I don't know if I wouldn't buy it. But there's a case. Yeah, for it. I, I, I would definitely not buy that because <laughs> I think I think Embiid has been the clear when he's been healthy. It's been arguable who's the best player in the league, and obviously, if, with the games missed, he's been like the second best player in the league still. I think. That's that's why I say he's it's there's a case of Gobert just because Embiid's missing much time. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So how, of the ten guys we've selected so far, how many did you guys have? What can on, we run on, through? on either NBA team? Can we run through the names again? Who we who what's been Please. Picked? Yeah, it's Kyrie. Third team is Kyrie, Devin Booker, Paul George, Zion, and Clint Capella. Second team is Chris Paul, James Harden, Kawhi, Luca, and Rudy Gobert. So eight of those guys were eight of the guys that were selected. I had on one of one of those two teams. How many did y'all have? I've had nine. The only person that's not is Jimmy Butler for me. Okay, uh, but that's also because I got to choose James Harden. I, so that's se- the kicker. For seven me. are on the second or third team. Eight are on any team. Okay. All right. First team. So Francis, no, Grant is that? It's me. Um, first team guard. Uh, I think there's only two people left that we have to pick here. Um, but I'll I'll go I'll go Dame. I'll I'll talk about why I chose Dame over Luca. Oh, you're giving Francis to choose between Steph and LeBron. Oh God, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. He has to choose, <laughs> he has to choose Steph. There's no world in which he cannot choose Steph. There's I, no way I, you can dodge your stuff. Oh my god, no. Um, <laughs> so Dame's advanced stats were a little bit better. His ranking was average ranking was 19th. Lucas was 27.6. Um, his on-offs a little better. Uh, he's you know scoring a 
uh, what is it? Scoring about the same, assists close. Um, Luca's obviously more than that. So Luca puts up a little bit better counting stats, um, but the Trailblazers are just a little bit better than the Mavericks have been. They both kind of had a similar years where they've had um, injuries early on and then kind of been fighting their ways back since then. Um, but And both of these guys have been kind of dragging their teams, been, been the only kind of torchbearer for their teams um, throughout the season um, and have had extremely impressive seasons. Um, but I just think Dame, what he's done with that roster uh, and just the consistency he's had all year has been really impressive. And it, it was close. I don't know. It, well, actually, I'm Luca was honestly my fourth guard that I had. Um, I, I had Chris Paul ahead of him. I, I wanted Chris Paul going into this. I wanted Chris Paul to be first team, um, but couldn't make that happen. Um, and Luca ended up ended up being the spot below Chris Paul. So Dame was second, though. I would have had I had Luca as my second guard, so first team, second guard. But I would have been okay with CP3 being ahead of him, and that's it. I would have stopped there with being okay with people ahead of him. What do you? What, what is more impressive like about Luca than Steph? I mean, than Dame to you? I just like whenever I watch the if I when I watch Trailblazers games and watch Mavs games, uh, I just think the way Luca gets everyone involved and makes everyone better is at a level that even 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 Dame's greatness doesn't really reach, and he doesn't have that whole team uh, effect as much as Luca does. And I think Luca gets knocked a little bit by his by Carlisle having being a bench mob maestro where the benches always play well. So, like, if he's off yeah. the court, they might still be okay sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, isn't Luca's effect on the team also because, like, the whole system is built around him. And if you – I mean, if you watch them play, like, if he doesn't have the ball, if, like, someone else brings the ball up the court, the first five seconds are just, like, them figuring out where and how they're going to get the ball to Luca and, like, running everything yeah. through him. Like, it's like watching – like a like a middle school team where there's just one really good player and everyone I mean, else that, is just there to serve like him. LeBron. Yeah, but like I I don't know. It's it's Luca. He he doesn't do much off the ball is what I'm saying. I guess Dame I feel like is more of a more of a active player off the ball. He's also just kind of more of a leader. Like if if we're taking into account like intangibles here too, Dame is definitely a better intangible player, um, a, a team leader. Luca has hurt his team a lot this year. I think with some of the antics he's had on the court where um, Dame is just like, also it, in his second, he's also in his, um, he's in his third, third year. year now. Look, he's like, he's earned the right to talk to refs. He has earned the right, but good Lord, does he know that he's earned the right? Like he is aware that he has earned that right. <laughs> You're saying like, he's hot, but he knows it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, like it's, it's really kind of annoying to watch him. Like he is the worst in the league about it at this point, And he's only in his third year. He has gone. Um, he has gone a bit whiny. Yeah. In terms of how he handles certain situations. Yeah. Um, oh, and Dame like, was whining a lot last night. Yeah, <laughs> not to Luke. Luke is the worst. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, Dame's like the consummate leader, so I don't know. Like, the effect that that has, that had, like, if it comes down to just straight up, like, these guys are really close, I think that's important. So, um, I, that's why I, I think they're, well, I think also they're close enough. And if I was to choose, if I was to pick one guy in a game, I'm picking Luca, which is, which gives him the edge to me. I mean that's I, that's fair. I mean, except like Dame is like the best clutch performer in the NBA right now. Yeah, I but mean, which, I mean, if, yeah. If you just in his second season, I think Luca's performance against the Clippers is better than any playoff series Lillard's ever had. That's I, mean, uh, I, I, I don't know if I would say that. Uh, I mean, it was it was incredible. Like it was an incredible series, but like Dame has done this repeatedly for the past like eight years or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, Luca's a really good clutch performer too. So, but yeah. 
I mean, I, it's, it's, yeah, okay, it's fine. I, okay. It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult discussion between the two, and if you're going to choose one side or the other, you're doing the definition of splitting hairs. Like, it's yeah. just, it's very fine margins, and, I mean, if I, if I had to give my, give my take on it, I would choose, I choose Luca because I do like the fact that he can get everybody else involved, but I also fully get what you say, Grant, about Dame. It's so difficult. It's very, very tough. Um, and you can't really go wrong with either guy if you have to choose between the two to win a basketball game right now. You can't go wrong. All right. So my first team, all-NBA guard. I will save y'all strife since I caused y'all so much strife earlier. Stephen Curry. There you go. <laughs> is my first team all NBA guard. And I think the case for him is pretty straightforward. Just to give stats on it, 31.6 points per game, 5.8 assists, which or sorry, 5.5, yeah, 5.8 assists. As an aside, does that seem well, considering the the current roster, the makeup of it, there's just not a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, you can make the greatest passes in the world, but it's not a certain guarantee that they're going to capitalize on a fantastic pass, considering the roster makeup around Stephen Curry. But does that feel low to you? Because we talk about Luka's playmaking and his ability to get people involved. We all focus on Steph's ability to shoot, which is obviously astronomical, historical, no one can top. But do we, as NBA fans, kind of discount his low assist, low-ish assist totals for his career? Because looking at his at his career numbers for assists per game, it's six point five. Which isn't he one of the leaders in hockey assists though? May I don't know. So maybe he is. I don't. I honestly don't know that. So maybe he is. Um, but I, as just a, I guess on a surface level discussion. I'm just curious if is that something do we just gloss over like the fact that he averages fairly average in terms of uh, assist totals or assist assist per game? No, I don't think it's a big deal. I think he's a great passer. I think he is. I think he, this is the system is so egalitarian that um, and like you said, he's going to get a lot of hockey assists. Um, he's going to get a, he's going to be doubled a lot and kicked to guys just to give them an right. a four on three scenario. Um, that's what he. Right. That's what him and Draymond just made unstoppable. Um, so I mean, it's just, it's just the system and the way that he plays. Like he plays a lot off the ball too. He's not he's not the ball dominant player that that Luca or Dame are. Um, so like he's right. obviously not going to collect as many assists. Um, but I, I don't think that's to take anything away from him as, as a passer because I still think he's a, if not like the tier one of passing in, in the league right now. He's at least tier two. Like he's a very good passer still. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why I, was, I I wanted to ask the question to see what y'all thought because I do agree with y'all. I just when I saw like assist total or assist averages throughout his career this season compared to other dudes that we were looking at for first team All NBA, the rest of the All NBA teams, they're kind of eh. Like it's just not blow your socks off in terms of assist per game average. And I was curious as to, as to why. Y'all thought that yeah. may be the case if you put it's, a lot of stock into it or not. There's, there's some of, uh, so, do you want Steph Curry passing to Kelly Oubre? Or yeah. Do you want Draymond right. passing to Steph? Right. So, right. So, yeah. Of course. Like, like you that, said, like he's passing thing. to bums all over. Like they have, yeah. they have, no one can make anything. That's that's hugely important right, that, for assist totals. Of course. So 31.6 points, 5.8 assists, 5.5 rebounds, which he's actually a good rebounder for a guard. 42.6 three-point percentage, 
26.2 PER, 65.8 true shooting percentage, which is actually the third best of his entire career. It's true. 8.4 win shares. Yeah, it's insane. 8.4 win shares, 0.201 win shares per 48, and the third best 10.3 WAR war in the entire NBA. He is the first team All NBA guard. Case closed. We can move on. Yeah, he was. Let me see. Second place of oh, oh, the advanced statistic ranking averages. Second place was James Harden at six point sixteen point four, and Steph Curry was at eight point six. Um, so he was significantly better than any other guard here. These last three now at this point should run through pretty quickly. We're all gonna have, we're gonna have, we're, I think we all know who the last three are gonna be. So yeah, um, I'll go ahead and just say the first forward, the first team is Giannis. Um, He's yep. once again pretty much putting up the same season he has the past couple of years. A bit less games because he's had a bit of a knee issue, um, but not as many missed games as other people have had. And, uh, yeah, he's just incredibly dominant once again. So first team for Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, like you said, Connor, it'll be tough to add some suspense <laughs> to these last three names. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. Giannis has been incredible. He should be on an MVP ballot. So much to the chagrin of Grant Heckinger, uh, maybe, but he should be on an MVP. I just, ballot. I just think he won two MVPs in a row, and you can't be not the best player in the league and win three MVPs in a row. How many, how many people are on MVP ballot? Five. Yeah, he'll be on an MVP ballot. He'll be like the fifth guy. Yeah, he'll be a ballot. He'll definitely be on a ballot yeah. for sure. All right, Grant. Okay, the second forward spot. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Just because it makes more sense positionally a little bit, I'm gonna go with Nikola Jokic here. Um, this is. I'm gonna disagree well. positionally. I think Jokic is either a point guard or a center, and nothing in between. <laughs> Whereas Embiid sometimes plays minutes with uh, Dwight Howard. I'm cool with it. I like that corner. Yeah, this is what we've been hitting at this whole time about the NBA's decision to make the, for, the to make Embiid and Jokic both. Um, available to put in, the, in a forward or center spot, which makes zero sense because neither of them has played a single minute on anything other than, no, Chris, than you center. Want, you want to just make the last pick just official so Grant can continue oh. talking about Jokic as well? Yeah, yeah. Or Bismack Biombo is my <laughs> yeah. first team. No, for Joel Embiid okay. is my first team all game. Yeah, right, carry on. So, so um, I don't know. I, I was torn about whether I wanted to follow this or not, follow that, that decision by the NBA or not, because it doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, these have been the, yeah, the two best. These have been the two best uh, players in the league this year, so both deserving of a, a first team slot, um, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Jokic is like first in every advanced statistic, Embiid is basically <laughs> second in every advanced statistic. Um, so they've just been incredible. Embiid's missed some games. Jokic has missed like no. He's missed like one game all season. Um, yeah, so, has been incredible. So the in terms of that. so he's basically guaranteed the MVP at this point. But Embiid's the. The runner-up, um, so just like an incredibly dominant center season for these guys, and really good to see um, two big men be the best players in the league this year. Yeah, it is awesome seeing two big men. Yeah, it is, and because we've had this whole discussion about is the NBA potentially moving away from this, but then we also had another discussion about eh, the the way the NBA Finals went, and with Anthony Davis's incredible playoffs last year, it's kind of now showing that. Big men can have a monumental impact as long as they can be multi. Uh, what's the right word I'm looking Faceted. for? Faceted. Um, yeah, thank you. Multifaceted in terms of just not just being a big man. They can do five, ten other different things like a Jokic. 
like an Embiid can do just a bunch of different things, and that's how that's where the NBA is moving towards. So yeah, it's awesome to see two centers, quote unquote centers, being one and two on an on an MVP ballot. But yeah, I, I think if you don't have Embiid and, and Jokic as on your first team, considering the designations of centers and forwards for those two guys, then I'm not sure exactly what's what's going through your brain. Yeah. So pretty simple from there both have been like been really good but just like took shooting jumps this year basically like Embiid's like we know oh, we yeah. know he's been able to shoot but now he's shooting 41 percent from three um and, yeah. and not sorry Jokic sorry Jokic has been shooting for and Embiid has become just like a mid-range like basically KD in the mid-range um he's just been incredible Embiid also I think is I th- if nothing else is the only center or big man in the NBA who gets uh refereed like a guard and he's there might mm. be other people who also play like a guard that's a big man, but he's he's the biggest case of it. Where he gets so many tickety tack fouls, where he's like he does a rip through and he like goes when he arms defenders yeah. in there, so he goes up and shoots and he gets two free throws, which yeah. is what guards do all the time. And you just don't see big men doing that type of stuff, or at least they don't get the calls. But uh, and B just like, oh wait, look at what all these guards have exploited for the past ten years. I'm gonna start doing that too, yeah. and then once I start doing this, I'm gonna be better than all the guards. Yeah, he's basically the the Harden of, of the big men. We're just like, yeah. it's like, what do you do? Like, he, he's figured out how to take advantage of anything a defense can do to stop him. Um, it's like, what do you do with him? Yeah, uh, I think talking about with Embiid and Jokic here as first team, where I didn't have that, I had Embiid as a second team and Gobert as third team um, for centers, but. Looking at the All NBA is kind of like the same way. Do you look at uh, the U.S. law? Like, are you an original originalist constitutionalism, or are you like a living constitutionalist <laughs> person? And uh, the NBA was like created in 1946. Then the All NBA was started that first year, uh, sort of thing. And so my thinking of why I had Jokic first uh, and B second, go Bear third, is that NBA has always had All NBA, um, and they've had position stuff. But they also have MVP ballots. And I think MVP ballots show you who were the top five players that year in a season. Whereas an All-NBA says, who were you the best at your general position this year? Or was someone else uh-huh. better year? So Jokic, so Embiid would be shown on MVP ballots, but he wasn't necessarily, the, but he wasn't the best center. So he's the second yeah. best center, so he's second All-NBA. Right. That's how, that's how I've looked at it. So if you, yeah, I get so, what you're saying. Yeah, which I don't actually like, because then if you go back to my constitution uh, analogy, that makes me a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. That, that's, that's exactly what that yeah. does. That makes you yeah. an originalist. And <laughs> you think that a constitution would not yeah. should not have changed since 1776. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's a total that's a total different pocket. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I I think like the NBA's they they can't tow this line between keeping these positional designations and being positionless like you gotta be on Absolutely. one be on one or the other like if Embiid isn't just a center then who the hell is just a center because that's the biggest man in the nba um and the most dominant low post force in the nba so like if they're gonna keep players like zion and Giannis who legitimately play minutes at center as just forward options then why right. why can they just make these guys who are clearly just centers forwards so like either make it fully positionless um or you have you have to kind of have some type of designation that actually makes sense. Yeah, just let's 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 move the NBA into more radicalism to kind of follow the political trend, and let's just have the new position list. You know, like we don't I don't want to hear these positions. Oh, they're center, they're forward. Though they're a guard, they're forward. Oh, they're bo- no. Let's just do the five best players in the NBA. But then that's just gonna be an MVP period. ballot. 
So I agree. No, I agree with you, Connor. Like that's that's why they probably haven't done it. Yeah. But if they're going to do the all NBA stuff, then just say fuck it and just do the the fifteen best players in the NBA and just call that all NBA. But I understand what you're saying, Connor. Maybe we have like guard, wing, big, and you get to choose. You get to choose two of those positions that get two players. Either either one of them can have two players, or any two of them can have two players, and the other one gets one, and you can choose that for all your teams. That's what the uh, that's what the Cavs tried. They're like, whoa, what if we didn't do two guards, two forwards, and center? What if we right. <laughs> exactly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two guards, that's one true. forward, and two centers. Dare we say three centers? So, Grant, I think you you have the our all NBA team from first, second, third. Do you want to just lay them all yeah. out? Yeah. For us. I will. Um, first team is Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. Second team is Chris Paul, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Luka, and Rudy Gobert. And third team is Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, Paul George, Zion Williamson, and Clint Capella. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Now that we're done with all NBA teams, next topic that we wanted to do, um, something that I brought up to you, is just everyone give their hottest take on a player a team maybe a trend i think we're probably all going to be players or teams probably um just from this season um so i will start and based on our all nba discussion i think y'all are going to hate this which is the point oh god <laughs> and i'm i'm just going to say it and then let y'all have an initial reaction and then i will explain it and then y'all can have a, a further reaction um based on the explanation so i am disappointed in Zion Williamson. Okay, so you, mm. this is once again the thing that the Pelicans were so bad. Why weren't they better? They have Brandon Ingram, who's supposed to be good. They have Eric Bledsoe, who's supposed to be pretty good. They got Lonzo, who's supposed to be solid. So why were they not better? If, if Zion is great, why were they not better? Is that, is that, no. is that the point you're making? That's not the no, point no. I'm making. Okay, that's not the point. Okay, no. your, thing, point your you thing is that he wasn't as good defensively as he should be then. That's part of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's such an unstoppable force. I don't know. I don't think he's. I, he's, would, he's just yeah, not disappointing. Would, he's only a second-year player. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead, Grant. I'll, I'll love to hear. I'm not disappointed in how good he is. I'm. I'm disappointed in the path that he's taken to being this good, um, and then the actual like type of player he's become, because he uh, okay. he's his body type, and his explosiveness are not the same as they as as incredibly explosive and and like unique as he is right now. Um, it's not the same as he was obviously in high school and, and Duke even a couple years ago. Um, he looks like he's going to have a body type that just cannot keep off weight at all. Uh, that he's like, no, I, I, maybe if he just complete, or went ahead and completely switched to vegan, like he could keep and never touched a weight, like he could keep some weight off. But he looks like he's just going to be a guy kind of like a, a mid-career Shaq where he just blows up and like can't keep any weight off. Um, and Unlike Shaq, he's putting incredible amounts of force on his joints, his knees, all the time because of his explosiveness. And as high as he, as explosive as he still is, he's not getting as high as he did at Duke. Um, so he's more of like a horizontal force now, even than a vertical force, just because of his strength. He's more scoring through sheer strength than through explosiveness. Um, and like obviously he's unstoppable, but it's also had an impact on the defensive end, um, where we we expected him to be a pretty damn dominant defender coming in like obviously there's gonna be a learning curve but he does not seem like that's really the path he's gonna take he's gonna be an excellent offensive force but not the defender we thought he's gonna be 
but really I'm more just worried about his longevity and and how he's going to stay healthy which he has a little bit of an injury history not much now but that's just so much force to be constantly putting and the way he walks obviously is concerning uh but so much force to be constantly putting on his joints can I try to nudge you into saying an even hotter take here yeah sure would you say that Zion is maybe one year away from his peak before it goes downhill we've actually seen pretty much the best of Zion that like that mm. w- that would not honestly surprise me like what what if <laughs> yeah what if that's the case like I, I that's that's kind of the same thing that worries me like I don't think you can sustain the force he puts on his body with the amount of weight and the amount of explosiveness for a, like a long NBA career like I don't think it's possible like maybe he's that much of a freak of a nature that it is possible but I I don't think this is something that uh, that it's, it's something that worries me at least yeah how many how many years did Shaq have i mean there's Shaq was still a freak of nature for playing as long as well as he did Shaq or lebron weighs a ton and he's but he's a freak of nature so yeah, his, I mean, yeah but lebron takes of... like really good care of his body too like uh, huge right, in recovery but... like if zion were to do that like the thing is like I, like I don't know if zion could even do that like even if he did what lebron or like what chris paul did and like completely remade his diet and like his training regimen like how much weight could he lose? He doesn't seem like he just seems like he's just gonna be blowing up. Like he just seems like he's not gonna be able. Like remember last year, he was in bad shape, got in a little better shape, and then got hurt. And then when he came back, had like he was gone for like two weeks and came back and put up on put back on all the weight that he had lost while playing. And like so, I expected this year with him actually playing a full season to see him like being like a little bit more towards the the Zion of old and be in better shape, but he doesn't seem like he's lost any weight. He seems like he's this, the same, like, 285 weight that he was playing at before. So, like, if, if he hasn't lost weight playing a whole season, then, like, when is he going to lose weight? And, like, yeah. maybe it's not necessary. Maybe he's a huge freak of nature, but, like, it just it's so much force. It, it doesn't seem sustainable to me. I, uh, I think I'm going to go against you on is a little bit is the explosiveness. I think he's just moved his explosiveness – away from being more leaning on the vertical explosiveness versus kind of just lunging and leaping forward and right. just throwing yeah. his body into you as you move back right. you can get a clear layup and like he's not in college yeah. he could just jump over a tide to roam and and uh and then NBA is like these guys are still really tall i'm just gonna yeah. move them and then i'll shoot but he's like, like he's not like like if, if you think about like his rebounding he's not necessarily always skying for rebounds at this point like he's like yeah, he's true. getting he's getting position and then out muscling people for rebounds like that's what he has to do like he still has explosive and you're totally right that like he's using it more horizontally with his sheer size um like it's not that it's not there it's just not the same type of thing that yeah. I think we we expected from him yeah what do you think francis i agree i i do think that there's a, there are legitimate concerns that people should have about Zion. And again, like like I said, it kind of goes against <laughs> the reasonings that at least I gave for having him at least on an all-NBA team. And the reason that we all talked about before too, it's like he's been so good in his second season. He's sustained a lot of health. He's stayed healthy. He's just, he's been able to adapt his game too because we talked about, I've, I've briefly mentioned Point Zion in a previous podcast where he has been basically tacked with bringing the ball to the court and running an offense, which Zion coming into the NBA, people were, or he was saying how one of the most underrated parts of my game is my playmaking. The Pelicans obviously thought a similar thing because they put the ball in Zion's hands a lot. Maybe, or sorry, not maybe, 
the, something that I've always thought about with super athletic players in terms of longevity is how can they adapt their games once they lose this athleticism. And Grant, if your concern is that Zion's athleticism is actually starting to wane away in terms of his verticality, his 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 leaping ability, explosiveness, and it's actually starting to, to wane away, can he adapt his game to still be that brute force that we see him as today, just bulldozing through people, getting to the rim, actually distributing the ball on a decent level? Can he lean more into that and shying away from his verticality to still have a long, prosperous NBA career? Maybe. Maybe he can lean more into that. But that's so interesting because we thought of Zion as this vertical force who can just leap, who just is insane athleticism, who can dunk over anybody. But he's actually kind of shying away from that, which, as you said, Grant. So I think the concerns you bring up are very fair. The points you make, Connor, are also very fair as well. And Yeah, that's what you want in I, response to a hot take. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I think they are pretty fair. It is, a, it is a hot take because, obviously, we look at Zion in his second season of his NBA career as a now an all-NBA guy, and to say that this could be his best, yeah. that's that's a hot take. Yeah, I mean, the concern is that he's he's 21 years old and he's already having to adapt his game. Like, most people, right. most yeah. people don't start losing. Like, they don't reach their peak athleticism and explosion until they're, like, 25 to 27, and it feels like he had it when he was 19. Like, it feels like he's, he's – there's no going up in athleticism from here. So had to adapt his game. The guy's averaging 27 as a 20 year old. No, I mean he's. I'm not. I'm not, say, I'm not <laughs> saying he's not going to be good. I'm just saying yeah. like, I'm just saying like it's not the type of player. Like, is there longevity to that? Is the athleticism going to keep going downhill? Where like he's just a ground. He's basically like Julius Randle, and he's just a ground round muscle guy. Um, like I, I don't. I don't know. What's interesting about this conversation? Uh, not necessarily the explosive part, but the longevity and career stuff is uh, you could swap it out for John Morant and have the same exact discussion and nobody would know the difference. Yeah, I mean, John, John Morant, John, John Morant, obviously, he's he's like reckless. He he's reckless. Of, yeah. And, he, and the way he lands is it, like is concerning for sure. But it, it just like it's not the same amount of force. It's not the same type of thing because he's very light and. I think we've seen like, and he is—he also is a fantastic playmaker. Yeah, but so, he's not a shooter. He's, so if he loses his athleticism, he's not a what's he become? Type but he's all—he has shot a lot better from the three in the past fifteen games. So Connor, check out his stats. Oh yeah, yeah, because I really care about a fifteen-game span, Francis. That's really what makes a career. I'm just saying, he's a—he's a better <laughs> natural shooter than Zion is for sure. Like, so that's yeah. like he—he he could develop into a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter like on pretty good volume, and I don't think Zion ever could do that. Um, but like you talked about. Um, a while back you talked about watching a Nets game and like thinking about how small Kyrie is and like a lot of the NBA over the past five to seven years has kind of moved towards getting skinnier like if you look at DeAndre Jordan like he is not the muscle the like the muscular player he once was a lot of guys have been taking the more like long approach of kind of getting skinnier and putting less force on their joints um, by by not having carrying as much weight and having to lift it off the court all the time um, and focusing more on like Hell, even Jokic lost weight. Yeah, more more like mobility and um, flexibility and and just kind of longevity is more the focus than just like brute strength. So like Zion's going the opposite direction of that right now is, is my concern. And Jaw Jaw is already to, extremely light, so like it's it's a little different. But to bring up Jokic, though, so kind of talks about if Jokic and Beat are the best two players in the NBA this year, 
then our NBA team is going to start getting heavier guys on their rosters again because a skinny guy can't do anything against those two. Even though Jokic has lost weight, he's still bullying pretty much everyone right. he goes up against sort of thing. I think it's just maybe it's not necessarily losing weight in that, at least in, in the Jokic conversation. He's just gotten more fit. He's yeah. just he's just gotten stronger in other facets. He's lost, I guess, the blubber that may be the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like he's just become more fit. <laughs> I think like that's the perfect at, word. As a as again as a Grizzlies fan, look at Marcus Ol and his, frankly, body transformation. He kind of had a Jokic ish body for first few years in Memphis. Then he lost so much weight. He got so much fitter as just a human. So that's probably the the better way to be more effective in the NBA and also, you know, have a healthier lifestyle, have a healthier body. But it's also proven that just being a fitter guy is very important in not just the NBA, but professional sports, period. So that's not like no secret or anything. But um, it, it, the, the points that you bring up, Grant, about Zion are, are definitely interesting because it does seem he could be trending to a different direction than what we've seen a lot of NBA players trend towards so that's definitely something yeah. we, we should we should monitor i'm gonna next couple years you know what, i'm gonna say it's a hot take zion's trending the right direction you're a fool and zion <laughs> man this is a uh, this is just fairly relevant not not really relevant but it's as good a time as any to bring this up because i was thinking about this francis you're a golfer why why is there such a disparity mm-hmm. between how golfers take care of their bodies because there's this there's certain golfers mm. who take excellent care of their bodies and are find it really important, and there's one who ones who clearly just go out there and just are just playing golf, and like it's like any other sport you're trying. Well, the game like, the game is getting stronger. It is it is, but like, there's still like a bunch of golfers who aren't really accepting that. Any other sport like uh, this is also like such a late ad- adaptation because any other sport it's like your body is your tool that you're using, and I'm gonna refine that to be like the best player I can be like. Obviously, that wasn't the case always for a bunch of sports like basketball. You know, they used to be smoking cigs in the locker room and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> doing cocaine. But it was a, a, a lot. It's been a, been a while since they've not been doing that. And golf, it feels like, is very late to this. And there's still, like, a ton of people who, like, the majority of people who aren't really focusing on their body. So I don't know if you have any insight on that at all. But it's just something I was thinking about the other day. I mean, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have like, specific insight. But I'm looking at the current World Golf Rankings right now and the only person i'd say in the world golf rankings who does not fit a prototypical athlete's body is probably patrick reed who you look you watch him play golf you just look at him as a human he does still have a a, a belly and all that stuff he doesn't fit the athlete mold but he is currently ranked seventh in the world what about like now i could go on what about like justin Th- ahead, like, Grant, even not, not even talking about guys who are out of shape but like what about like justin thomas who's like extremely he he hits really long but he's very skinny like there's still guys who like aren't really trying sure. to put on to add ex- because extra strength the, sure because the golf the golf swing and i'll yeah the golf swing it's really core strength based and knowing how to use your body it's not necessarily brute strength like well, i gotta have like the like tone chest or or big arms or whatever it's just knowing how to knowing how to use the core of your body and knowing how to use your natural athletic abilities that you have to generate power through the golf ball but then it's not then you look at guys like you watch justin thomas's swing watching the slow motion 
his feet literally comes off the ground when he swings yeah. through a driver. He like jumps through the ball. It's absolutely mind blowing. Right. So he's such a small guy, but he knows how to use his body and the force of it to swing through the ball. But then you look at like John Rom, who's a who's very strong. Bryson DeChambeau, who's well, a fucking. I, I kind of say I think Roy Grant is saying though is that yeah that swing is great, but if you can have a swing plus the body, why would you have right? Both? Like once you yeah. maximize the swing, the 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 you know mechanics of the swing that's to get what, the maximum strength, that's that's when look like, why aren't these guys adding more strength to even get it further? Because that's what that's what like Bryson's doing the same thing, right? right. Dustin Johnson, he's a very strong fit guy as well. Tiger Woods is obviously mm-hmm. we all know Tiger Woods revolutionized fitness in golf, but for me. Golf is not just that. There are so many other layers to golf that it's not which, just. Which is oh, once again not getting. Which is not getting to Grant's question, but. <laughs> well, no. Like, if he's wondering, like, what if if having if maximizing your body strength will help you maximize your swing, then why aren't more guys doing that? My yeah. answer to that question is because golf is way more nuanced than just having brute strength I, maximizing your body i get that like probably mac like most guys probably don't think oh if i maximize my strength i'm going to maximize my golf ability because like but I'm, I'm not saying that everyone has to take it as extreme as dechambeau has and then just get as strong as possible but it seems like there's a ton of guys who just like are like i'm good i i hit it very far i don't need to add any strength i'm good like sure. and i'm sure justin thomas is doing like a bunch of course core stabilization stuff and like, will, and, like yeah. all the strength stuff that like doesn't really show up like kind of the steph curry type exercises yeah. that don't really show up um but he, he's very skinny and he could be he could add some, like it seems like there's plenty of room to add a little bit of strength even if it's not to the level that you know kepka or shambo are taking it sure maybe the answer is there's only a you only have so much time in the day and so they would rather spend it working on their swing than working in the weight room yeah i guess they're, they're doing four to four days a week basically all year round they're going to tournaments yeah. so and then it's like a total that what you, what you just said, Grant's a very good point. I was just about to say that. And then, just to go back to what I was saying before, golf is not just strength. There are so many layers to being a good golfer that we will never, even as myself, as someone who's played the game since I was three freaking years old, I will never understand because I am nowhere near as gifted and talented as these guys are that I'm looking at in the world golf ranking right now. Yeah. There are so many layers to the game of golf. That it's not just about strength. And then if you are a guy like Justin Thomas who can hit the ball like 350, right, and not be even that quote-unquote strong looking but still hits it monumentally far, if you're that guy, I if, I if I can hit 350, what I would do is work on every other aspect of my game because I already know I can hit 350. I don't need to get stronger. I know how to use my body to hit 350 yards carry through the air. So now I gotta work on putting, chipping, you know, iron shots, wedges, all these other things because I know how to use my body to hit it that far. Where you look at a guy like Bryson, who was like, all right, I can hit like 330, 340, that's really great. But what if I hit it 380? All right, fantastic. So I'm gonna get all ripped. I'm I'm gonna get all strong. I'm gonna hit the ball like 380 yards long, maybe in 400 yards. That's great. So I'm and I already have confidence in my other part of my game. So I'm gonna be fine. But a hot take that's not golf, uh, not not basketball related. That obviously you can probably just cut all this out of the pot. But I don't think Bryson DeChambeau will ever win the Masters. I will, I will. I've been saying that for two years now. He will never win the Masters. I will promise. That's not even a hot take because, because the best player in the world isn't even expected to win the Masters. Sure, but as somebody as as good as Bryson is, 
you should probably expect him to win the Masters at some point. But I don't think he will ever win the Masters because, A, I just don't like Bryson. So it's more like a personal thing. But, B, the way he approaches the game of golf, it's just not what Augusta National and that golf course is about. It's not about overpowering a course and not, and not about, oh, I can hit it 380 and I can treat this course like it's a piece of crap and it's so super simple. No, you have to respect a golf course before you can really know how to play it. Then the counter argument is like, oh, is this, isn't, he, is isn't he also the scientist? Total like he, science. He's also the scientist he's not really, guy. He's not really a scientist, but I know, but he but he's but he's yeah. the guy who who like takes more more data into account than any other golfer. Yeah. So like on top of the the strength, that is also that is also true. But I just don't appreciate the way he has looked at that golf course because he looked at Augusta National, the hardest golf course in the world, and say, oh, it's like a par sixty six. You know, I if yeah. I don't shoot six. What we're talking about is round, Francis is stuck in the Stone Age, and Bryson DeChambeau is living in twenty. What's what's the phrase? Yeah. It's whatever the thing is. Later, <laughs> later, time it down. <laughs> I just don't think he'll ever win. I and also a lot of that's biased. I just don't like him. But yeah, it's like it's like I'll, Francis. I'll, I'll... Francis is like the guy in the basketball is like mm, three pointers. I don't think so. Not my beautiful. Are we cut this golf talk out. This has been a long golf conversation. I don't know. I, I, right. I kind of like it, uh, but I, I think I, I think an excellent, I think a really good representation of this debate. Um, I watched the the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO um, a few weeks back. Right. Yeah. And, I watched it too. It's great. And I didn't know this, but he, like, at the peak of their careers, he was kind of disgusted by Phil Mickelson and like the way that he kind of wasted yeah. wasted his talent. Like he thought Phil was like the most yeah. naturally gifted like golfer. Kobe. Like Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, yeah. thought he was most naturally get to golfer and just like was kind of wasting it, like not putting it. So that's like those are the two sides. Like the guy who's like I'm gonna do everything to be the best, and the guy who's like I'm gonna play golf, like and I'm just gonna be good at golf. Like I, I like it's I, I guess that's the two sides of this debate. So, anyways, let's move on, and I want to hear some some hot takes that are related to something close to basketball. Maybe not specifically <laughs> basketball, but something closer than golf. All right. Well, uh, my hot take unrelated to basketball, just because randomly now. Is I think there should be more love for uh, tinfoil. I think it's just an incredible oh, invention. Tinfoil is great. Um, but I anyway, agree. but now coming back to basketball, uh, my hot take is that this hasn't happened since Jordan did it in 1993. But someone in this year's playoffs will average 40 points per game in a series, which has not been, which has not happened since 1993, and it's going to happen Ooh, against like the that. Nets. I don't it's know who it's going to be, Giannis or Jokic. <laughs> Or sorry, Giannis or uh, Embiid, Embiid, but someone's get, someone's gonna do it. Okay, I think that's I think that's a fair point. I think that's what I've heard. Like, a lot of people have been saying all year if the if the uh, Nets and Sixers meet in a series, they're just gonna be like, hey, Embiid, score as many as you want. You're not gonna keep up with us. We're gonna score 140. If you score 50 points, fine, but your team's not gonna score 140. So it doesn't really matter. Um, that's like the, that's what they think the Nets approach is gonna be. So I think that's I think that you might be right there. I don't even agree with that approach. I think Embiid posting up. The Nets is a higher points per possession than what the Nets will do, yeah. just because of what Embiid can do right now. It's possible. But yeah, that's my hot take. I like it. I like that hot take. I think it's it's. <laughs> it'll be it'll be. First of all, this entire playoffs will be really fun to watch. But uh, I think anybody who plays the Nets, if you have a monumental score, yeah. I mean, hell, if the Nets somehow get the two seed and your Wizards, Connor, make it out, make it out the playing tournament, and somehow. Uh, you know, get the eight seed, or sorry, that's the, sorry, the Nets got the first seed or whatever, and then the Wizards got the the eight seed. Then, 
Hell, Brad Beal could be the guy who averages <laughs> 40 <laughs> against the Nets. I'll... Oh, gosh. I was, I've been trying to cultivate hot takes to provide for you all. Because I told y'all before we started recording that I totally forgot about this segment of the episode and did all NBA stuff. I... Oh, okay. I'll just give this my hot take. Knicks-Hawks will be the best series in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Because the Knicks are such a defensive force. Yeah, their offensive rating has gotten a little bit better. But they are a defensive team, obviously coached by Tom Thibodeau, who's a defensive mastermind. And then the Hawks are just so not that. <laughs> They're very offensive-centric. And, nice. and we talk about Trey Young's. Is, we talk about Trey Young's. Not yeah, disappoint down year compared to last season, but he's still he's still a very good offensive player, and the the Hawks have been playing very good basketball as of late, and so I I think it'll be a fun series to see the Knicks and the Hawks, two teams who a lot of us did not think would meet in the four or five series of the Eastern Conference. I had the Hawks being as, as possibly even a six seed, so. I thought the Hawks would be this good, but definitely not the Knicks. No one thought the Knicks would be this good. Here's why that is a very hot take. Uh, First of all, so, okay, even if you think LeBron, say LeBron isn't going to come back and really be LeBron, then I'm fine with saying the Lakers versus the top seed is not going to be that interesting. But then you also, but you still have the Western Conference. You have the Nuggets versus the Mavericks, which is a clearly way better series. Uh, And then in the Eastern Conference, you're going to, right now, we have the Nets versus the Heat, which would be a great series. And if that, that doesn't happen, then you would have, and if that happens, and then you also have Bucks, uh, or you could have Net or uh, Bucks Heat, so you could have the revenge series from last year. So, true. I just I'm going with Knicks Hawks because they're two very different forms of basketball colliding in the first round of the Eastern Conference. Like, look, the Knicks as the four seed. I mean, it could be also the Hawks get the four seed, Knicks get five, whatever. And then the Heat are still are still in contention for the four or five spot, so it could also just not be Knicks Hawks as the four or five. But if that is the four or five matchup, they're just such different teams that it'll be really fascinating to watch them play against each other in the first round of, of a playoff series. So that's I guess that's my hot take for for now. I I heard someone um, throw this out. What if the East Finals were Knicks and Nets and the West Finals were Clippers Lakers, and we just had mm. the, the two the two coast coastal elites <laughs> b- oh. battles. <laughs> I would love that personally. That would be really Knicks fun Nets would be a lot of fun. There'd be a lot of vitriol yeah. in the Knicks yeah. Nets thing. It'd, it'd be, be only yeah. it'd only be fun though if the Knicks actually surprised and played well. It would not be yeah, fun like, if like no one four four was Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and it won't be fun if the Nets just like sweep the Knicks yeah. or do a gentleman sweep. It'll be fun if the Knicks like win the first two on the Brooklyn floor, and then, you know, it goes to Madison yeah. Square Garden. Like, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be you really know, cool. You know the uh, Nets are tied for the third longest losing streak in the NBA right now? Yeah, they're not they're not doing so hot. Not doing well. You know who has the longest because losing streak? Harden. Who has the <laughs> longest losing streak in the NBA? The Rockets. No. Francis. I I do not know. I'm going to go... Wait. I'll go the don't, Wizards. Don't tell. Are you guys me. looking up? I see your eyes scanning things. You're looking no, things up. I'm, I'm just oh, I'm looking no at the idea. standings. I'm just looking at the standings to look at teams here. But they're gonna go Wizards. They say the streak terrible standings. at the beginning. I know. No, they don't. Oh yeah, they do. The Wizards. <laughs> the Cavs. How could you say? How could you say the Wizards? <laughs> yeah, the Cavs. They were the so Cavs, bad at the, the Cavs, beginning. The Cavs have lost nine games in a row. Okay, okay, that makes sense. All right. Well, shall we go to our? Oh, I thought. 
Wait, go ahead. Did you mean? Sorry, Connor. Did you mean? Oh, I meant uh, currently, actively. Oh, active currently. I thought you. I thought you meant throughout no, the season. No, no, no. Sorry, that's why I said the Wizards. My bad. Uh, Apologies. All right, so should we go to games for our bets? Yeah, let's do bets so I can try not to get my ass beat again. All right, uh, we will start with Sunday's games. So today is Saturday, May eighth. So we're talking about starting with Sunday, May 9th. Um, our first game will be Heat at Celtics. Heat. Celtics just suck right now. I'm going Celtics. Yeah, I'll go Heat. Um, Monday, May 10th, we have Wizards at Hawks. I'm going to pick against you twice, Hawks. Yeah, I'll go Hawks. Let's go Wiz. So Hawks. Me, and so me and Grant against Connor so far. Your, your all's part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, third game is Thursday, May 13th. We have the Spurs at the Knicks. I'll go Knicks. Mm. Mm. Spurs at Knicks? Spurs at Knicks. Yeah, I went Knicks. I'll go Spurs, sure. I'm going to go Spurs as well, because I'd like to see it happen. Connor, I'm Uh, surprised you didn't pick Thunder Kings. On Tuesday, man. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a game like that. That's a barn uh, burner. <laughs> um, Friday, May 14th, we do not have a game to talk about. Saturday, <laughs> May, sorry, sorry, May 14th. All right, so it was Friday, May 14th. Saturday, May 15th, we have... This is kind of an interesting one, actually. Uh, Saturday, May 15th, Lakers at Pacers. The Pacers are still fighting to get into the playoffs. Yuck. Or the play-in seed. I picked first last time. So when y'all go, um, Lakers. I'm going. I'm going Lakers as well. Oh God, I wanted to go Lakers, but I don't want all three of us to go Lakers. There's enough difference. I'll go Lakers because like they need this game. So, I mean, wow. the Pacers need it too. Wow. I, I'm going Lakers as well. <laughs> all right. Finally, the final. So chalky, Francis. Yeah. The final day of the season, Sunday, May sixteenth. We have. But there's one game that I think you should choose. It's probably the biggest game on this docket. Grizzlies Warriors. Grizzlies yeah, that, at Warriors. That's a huge game. That's a that's such, such a huge game for both teams. I'll, I mean, as a homer, I have to go Memphis. Yeah, you both have to go Memphis. I'm going yeah. Warriors. Grant, um, say it, Grant. You're from Memphis. The only the only, on, the, only other time we picked, only time the time we picked a Grizzlies game, I picked the other team. I wish I knew who won that, so I could just stay on that streak. But uh, do it, Grant. Pick Golden State. You're a Grizzlies. Come on. Be different. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got our bets. And uh, that's that's the end of regular season bets. We're, I think our next podcast will be – Yeah. We have to start it. I guess maybe we'll do a end of season wrap-up. Yeah, we'll pre- do – Playoff preview or maybe – when do, when, do when do the play-in games start? Is it like a couple of days after the end of the regular season, maybe two days after? I'd assume it's probably three uh, or four days the after. The 18th, I think. 18th. 18th. Oh, pretty soon. Okay. Okay, so that's – yeah, Sunday is the last game, but the last day of the regular season and – Eighteenth is two days after that, so yeah, that's yeah, not much rest for the teams who play on that Sunday. Yeah, true. Not much rest at all. Yeah, next episode. Oh wait, every single team in the NBA plays that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode, we will do a awards breakdown. We just did all NBA. Then we will do our uh, MVP. We all know, but the rest of it, I think, will be interesting to talk about all the other awards, and then talk about playoff predictions and former predictions we made before the season started and how just right slash wrong we were so we'll see we have a couple surprises for for all y'all but connor grant thank you all again this was 
awesome. Love doing the all NBA stuff. I'm so glad I was able to choose James Harden and just piss both of you off for, for our all NBA mm-hmm. team. That made me really happy. And with that in mind, don't all y'all listening, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate us. I don't think you can like our podcast, but rate our podcast and definitely subscribe to us. But until our next episode. One star. <laughs> yeah, one star for Francis putting James Harden on an all NBA team. But until our next episode, peace.